Welcome to the Sorry-Eyed Effect. I'm Steph. And I'm Jen. On this podcast, we'll be chatting about all things Williams Syndrome. The ups and downs, and what it's like living with Williams Syndrome. We're excited to share our community with you. Thanks for being here. I was going to be alone today because our dear friend Steph, she's not feeling so well. And so that's a bummer mm-hmm. because she's, she's my, my wing lady or I'm her wing lady. I don't know which way we're going to go. Um, but thankfully Joel has stepped in producer Joel and he's here today. Hi Joel. Yeah. Hi. Hi. Yeah, obviously, uh, obviously. Yeah. Steph. Steph is feeling a, a bit under the weather, so we're hoping that she uh, she gets better soon and can join us. So I stepped in, unfortunately, uh, dear listener and um, and viewer, you have to put up with me today. Um, but you get Jen, and that's always great. And it's good for people to know who who you are. Why don't you tell tell everybody who you are? Who are you? Yeah. Who am I? It's a question I wrestle with every day. Uh, I am. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I live in Minnesota with my family. I have a son, um, who will be turning 12 in just a couple weeks, uh, with Williams syndrome. And, um, my other job was as a professional actor and then, um, which was great. But then when the pandemic hit, I, you know, all my acting work went away. And so I really, just sort of as a way to, I mean, I, I was interested in uh, how I could be a better advocate and how I could, you know, help Bennett and others like him. And, um, and I had been starting to think about like, what, what are, what's out there when Bennett becomes an adult. So I um, had been starting to increase my, you know, my knowledge uh, and and my aptitude of advocacy, um, trying trying to get better and trying to learn. Uh, but yeah, I work as the director of family support for the WSA, and I, I get to talk to and meet and help families from all over the country. So it has been it it has been difficult, but it's been so unbelievably wonderful, um, getting to be getting to be part of. Um, the WSA and, and moving forward into, you know, this next chapter of whatever the WSA, where, where we, where we can take it. So I love that you are on the WSA though, because, and you probably hear this a lot. um, There's not a lot of, there's not a lot of dudes doing the advocacy work. It's usually moms. And so I appreciate like a dude voice. Um, Have, have you heard that from other families? Um, I mean, a little, a, a little, I think, um, it, it, it's, it's good. It's also challenging. Uh, you know, I, because it is traditionally a, a, a feminine space, um, advocacy, I try to be mindful of, uh, of what my energy and what my presence, uh, does when I am invited or when I am, by nature of my job, I have to step into that space. Well, before we get into our conversation with Kristen, do you guys, you mentioned Bennett's 12. Do you want to just give him a little plug before, before we transition? 
I mean, Ben, um, <clears throat> you know, we all think our kid's the best. Uh, my kid actually is, though. Um, no, he, uh, you, you know, Ben, it's awesome. He's he's 12. He's big into the band Toto right now, um, which, you know, my prog rock love and self, it's, he, I did not push that on him. He discovered it. And uh, I am I am loving just like, oh, yeah, no, you want to listen to Toto? Great. Cool. Bring it on. Well, we should probably get into it. We we started out and we were like, what are we going to talk about for 10 minutes? And then we were like, well, this will probably take like 40 minutes. And yep. I think it did. Yeah, it, we absolutely. Yeah, we could we could sit and chat for uh, for hours about very little because um, that's just who we are. <laughs> but our guest. Like yeah, we, we have do. an amazing guest. We do. We have an amazing guest. So uh, this week. I don't know if you know this, Joel, it's Disability Book Week. Um, So we're we're actually recording this episode um, in Disability Book Week, which is April 23rd to 29th. And Disability Book Week is all about highlighting books that um, have characters with disabilities or books that are written by people with disabilities. And so like for me, it's a really important time um, in our community because it's a way to highlight disability in a way that everybody has access to. For the most part, people um, have libraries in their schools. They can listen to books on audio. Um, And so it was a fun idea that Joel and I had of bringing on an author who just recently wrote a book about William Syndrome. So her name is Kristen Kaganis. And Kristen has a daughter, Layla, uh, who is four and a half years old. She also is the mom to another kiddo, a young little boy. And they are, in addition to being authors of a book about William Syndrome, in a journey to relocate from Washington, D.C. to Wisconsin. And so today in our conversation, we're going to talk about that and the impact it's had on their family, as well as what they are doing in the community with Elsie with a great smile. Elsie with look a at- great smile. I'm sorry, I cut you off on the at the end part. Elsie with the great smile, a first look. At William Syndrome. Uh, you can find out more about that book and order copies of that book at purejoymama.com, P-U-R-E-J-O-Y-M-A-M-A.com. That is Kristen's website. Uh, there's also, you, you know, there's also an opportunity if you know of a family or if you know of a, uh, a library that, uh, you know, that would benefit from having this book in it, um, school, school districts, things like that. You can purchase books uh, from um, from the website and Kristen will send them where you need them to go. She gives a big chunk of money of that back to the Williams Syndrome Association. Um, same with, uh, they have, speaking of Elsie with the Great Smile, she has uh, our good friend Jessica at Outshine Labels. They have the Great Smile line of um of clothing and stuff and money from those purchases goes back to uh, the WSA as well. It was super awesome to have her. And it's, I was thinking, which we didn't say with Kristen before, but you know, we talked about our kids and their starry eyes and like our kids also have great smiles. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. Um, That, that frankly, they get, they, they get a, they share them a lot uh, because they, they, you know, I think, especially as our kids get older and, 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 you know, and I, I, I'd be curious, I did, we didn't ask this. I'd be curious uh, to, to say, you know, with um, 
uh, Layla being four and a half now, she, she, you know, she has probably a greater awareness of herself. And I wonder if, if she's noticed, um, like when, when Layla's out and about and, and, uh, and, and in public, how she uses her smile and uses her energy to affect the effect where she's at. Cause I know Ben, um, you know, he, he would love, he loves nothing more than to be in a room and just, just share his smile and share his energy with everybody and, and try to brighten everyone's day. So, uh, yeah. And I, I, I don't know if it, did, does Stella do that? Does she, does she like to, uh, bring her, her, her kick butt smile into, into a room? She definitely knows how to turn it on. Like she could be in the worst mood and then like something, you know, intrigues her. And then it's like that bright personality just comes out and I'm like, well, look at you. Look at, okay. Um, so Kristen, if you are listening to this, maybe you could tell us if Layla has been using her smile and if that was some inspiration behind the book. Maybe that's a good place to start is, um, you know, I, I've never, you know, I've never had to do a big cross country move uh, with 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 my family. I mean, certain, not since my son was born. Mm-hmm. Um, we did move, uh, you know, from from the city to, uh, you know, to the burbs just because we um felt we knew the special education um team in this area better um because my uh my mother-in-law was a teacher in the area for 30 some years so she knows everybody um so like what what kinds of what kinds of things that like did you and your your husband and your the fan, your everybody talk about like and, you know and you're and when you're making plans to 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 come back near your your larger family um, can, can, like, can you just share a little bit about like what the kind of, what kinds of thoughts and everything that you had that you guys talked about in, in the special considerations when you are taking into consideration, uh, Layla and her future? Yeah. So that's such, there's so many different components I feel that go into that. Um, we have been a military family and we're, 10 years in and we, my husband, John and I have always kind of talked, well, what's, you know, what's going to be the best, you know, option for our family, looking down the road, looking at Layla's future. And for us, it's always been, we always talk about stability, you know, whether it's um, financial stability, you know, the insurance, like job stability and, that's always kind of been the North star for us is just making sure, you know, that as we move forward, you know, stability and that script for us really flipped truthfully at the Williams syndrome convention this past year. And I remember we were sitting, we had gone to one of the seminars and we were sitting at a table, um, having a cup of coffee and we were like, well, what if stability, the way we've looked at it is more about, being close to family and being in a community and being rooted in a spot where everyone gets to know Layla. It's not, oh, there's that girl. She has a disability. I see her on, you know, time, time to time in the city, but it's, oh, that's Layla Kagatis. And that's her mom, Kristen and her brother, Landon and her dad, John. And so for us, we were like stability, I think is 
we need to look at it from that family, that community lens where we're not uprooting every few years. And so we decided to separate and get out of the military and move back to Wisconsin. And so my husband will officially be done in the military in August. And we've had a few moves. And as you all know, the amount of specialists and the therapists and I mean, the IEP in the school district, there's just so much that comes with it. And every time I'm on, um, we've done two moves with Layla. And so it's, it's, it's a lot, you know, just reestablishing that whole healthcare system and that team. And we didn't want to keep doing that every few years. And so that was also kind of a big motivator. So now that we're in Wisconsin, I think, honestly, I probably set up probably close to 12 different specialist appointments and therapies. And we're trying to like knock them all out and meet people and get just kind of in the groove with that. But all of those things, I think really impacted us not wanting to move anymore and with getting us back home. And those are all the big motivators. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a big life change. Um, especially was your husband like at a point where he could like retire from the military or like get out with, um, I don't know, military speak. So I just know that there's like a time where people are like, I'm out. It's like <laughs> teachers. So was he that point or was it like, uh, I have to break up with you? Um, and has it been like easy or, or painful? And did, um, and did he have to go, it's, it's not you. You would say. <laughs> it's me. That's exactly, yes. So we were not at the point where he could retire. So you can retire at 20 years. And we were right at that half point. So it's a point when you decide you either stay in and do the full 20 or you get out. You know, there's no point in doing 15 and getting out. You might as well finish it up. And so right. we were at that critical point where it was either all right we're we're in it for the long haul or we get out and we're done so we made it was a very very hard decision because there's a lot of I mean there's a lot of challenges with being in the military a lot but there's also a lot of benefits um too and especially look at that health care health care insurance um and coverage piece and you know as as you know with our kids like that's a huge benefit but we i mean the hours that we've put into discussing and you know, all of the weighing the different elements that come into this decision we are excited and a little nervous but feel like we made the best decision for our family and for layla's future yeah yeah, yeah. Well, and and you know and i i can i can only assume you know being you know i being in the military is you're you're not just it's not a job it is a big part of a person's identity um, and, and and not just for the person who is serving, but for the whole family. Um, so that, yeah, I can, um, I can only imagine uh, that, that, that is, that, that was a tough, tricky uh, discussion. And obviously we thank um, your husband and, and uh, you and your family for your thank service. You. So it's, um, but I, I love what you t I love what you said about like changing what the idea of what does stability mean. Mm -hmm. um, that is that's but that's really huge and 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 um, yeah I think that's a that's a big that's a big component of of 
growing up as parents and you know it's adulting and mm-hmm. adulting isn't fun at least i <laughs> you know sometimes sometimes but yeah when stella was diagnosed at five and you probably already know this kristen um we lived in a town that's like one town over from where we are now but it was a smaller school district and the minute that she got diagnosed or we thought that she had Williams syndrome my first thought was like I need to get her into a bigger district I need to get her in a place where she's part of a community right where we like live on a street and everybody knows her name and everybody in the town knows who she is and that you know it we are okay that people know that she has Williams syndrome. So like, we want them to know she has Williams syndrome. We want them to know how to interact with her as a person, as a disability. We want them to know our role um, in in that for her um, as a family. And, you know, we're, okay, so Stella's in sixth grade. So we're like six-ish, seven years into a diagnosis. And it's still really important to us. I mean, like, I do get because I'm from this area and so I'm always like oh cool I've never left but as Stella gets older I'm seeing that it's so important for her to have that stability in the sense that you shared um I can't imagine her starting over somewhere else and like I really find it hard as I like think forward to think like geez what if we did move to Arizona where you're at right now because I love it there and it's warm you know like how would we possibly like go through the process of integrating her into a community as an adult? I know it's possible. And I know there's families out there that do it. It's Mm -hmm. just in my brain, I'm like, Oh my gosh, it's such an effort. So you did have to think really strategically about this. Cause like, it's not a quick decision. It's like, we're planning so many years out for the success of our kids. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I agree. Like everything you said is exactly what we're hoping for, you know, where you Mm -hmm. said people know her name on the street and same, we're so open with Layla's diagnosis as well. And I think for us, it's almost like if we put it out there, then it's like not a big deal, you know, and that's kind of the experience that, that we found. And um, so I think as we integrate in this community, in in our new community, and we get to know people and people get to know us, you know, we're excited to share our story and share more about what makes Layla, Layla. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we started, we started a little backwards. So can you share with us um, just briefly? So Layla is four, um, four and a half, because I'm sure she would want us to know she's almost four and a half. (laughs) Briefly, when did you guys get diagnosed? And let's close that loop of how we got to the first part of our combo. That's what happens. Yeah. Sorry, Kristen. That's what happens when you have like the first time co-host on here. It, I, you know, I mess up the timeline. I Tarantino, I screw up Jen's process. That's the whole thing. There's no timeline. There's no <laughs> timeline. The wheels are not on the bus over here. <laughs> <laughs> I feel that this morning. Um, so Layla was diagnosed when she was three months old. So, um, I had had a typical pregnancy, you know, fairly typical delivery for all intents and purposes. She spent a couple of days in the NICU for low blood sugar, but there wasn't really anything on our radar at that point. And then there were kind of little like Easter eggs 
you know, leading up to her diagnosis. So um, they had heard a heart murmur. We went to the cardiologist. He said, super typical for kids to have a heart murmur, come back in three months. The following week, she, I found a hernia on her. Um, and so we did the hernia surgery. And while she was under for that surgery, again, not knowing that she had Williams syndrome, they came to tell us, they asked if they could do another echo while she was sedated. And at that point, they noticed that, you know, her heart was a little more severe than what they had originally thought. And the cardiologist recommended, you know, come back next week, let's talk about it. And they knew then, I think that she had Williams syndrome, but it wasn't on our radar at that point. But when we went into the next appointment, they brought it up and recommended she get tested. And so then that's that's how we got our diagnosis. So we officially received it uh, when she was, actually, I take that back. She was um, two months old when she got the diagnosis. And she doesn't have any significant heart problems? No. So we have been very lucky uh, and we're extremely grateful. But as she's gotten older, a lot of those initial heart concerns have resolved and we're just kind of in a monitor, like kind of watch mode. Um, but I remember the cardiologist said she will have open heart surgery before she's a year. And so we got went to uh, we got a second opinion from a cardiologist in Boston. And I remember him saying to me, oh, it's not if your daughter's going to get heart surgery, it's when. Mm. And so that was kind of, you know, I think that just was a huge, you know, um, concern for us that first year. And every time we went in, they're like, okay, we're not, we don't need to do anything now. Next appointment, don't need to do anything now. And then it started this they kind of started saying, well, it actually looks like it might be getting a little better um, or, or, you know, things might be growing and a little bit more. And so we're here, um, you know, four and a half years later, and we have not had any heart surgery or anything. And her cardiologist at one of the more recent appointments said, if I didn't know her history, I wouldn't know why you were coming in here. Uh, and so, yeah, yeah. we're very um very lucky and grateful for that. Yeah. yeah. So how, how describe Layla today? Layla is a spitfire. Um, she has a huge personality. She's very loving, social, very determined. Um, and when she makes up her mind about something, that's what Layla wants to do. She's funny, um, you know, and she, it just seems like she's picking up new things every day. Uh, Layla started talking around November, December. So just before she turned four. Yeah. And so it's like every day, I feel like she's kind of picking up something new. She started humming like the Star Wars theme song. And I'm not like, I know little to next to nothing about Star Wars, but like these little things that are just Layla, um, but she's just an absolute joy. Yeah. That's fantastic. Um, how so? And and your her her brother is it a, a little brother, older older brother, little brother. So, Landon, they're twenty two months apart. Okay. So it's been a very very busy two and a half <laughs> years. Um, just with having them both, it's super fun and just seeing you know the dynamic. It 
even though he's younger, he's already starting kind of to adopt a little bit of a big brother role. Like he, you know, will make sure she's drinking her water. He'll make sure she's like staying with the family and he'll go grab her and, you know, pull her by the hand and, you know, help her do things. And it's not anything that we've like, he's, it's just naturally kind of how their relationship is developing, but he, yes, he's, he's younger. Um, if it's all right, could, could I ask the both of you, um, cause Bennett's our only child, um, after our, our birth story was very, uh, intense and dramatic and, and stuff in it. Uh, I, I, a couple years after, you know, when my son was, you know, one, one and a half, two years old, I, I kind of got baby crazy again and wanted to have another one. And so my wife and I talked about it and it was such a, <clears throat> excuse me, a traumatic experience for her that ultimately, you know, she, we talked about it and, and having another kid was just not going to be the best thing for us. Um, <clears throat> can, can, would, could the two of you like talk a little bit about what it was, you know, the the i the 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 thought of having another child after having a child with uh with william syndrome or any sort of uh disability would you be willing to talk a little bit about about those feelings those those fears those joys uh you know uh, i i i'd just be curious if you'd be guys would be willing to uh if you both would be willing to to share yeah so Okay, sorry. Um, I think you know, going into it, it's it's a for us, it was a big decision. You know, we want we wanted to have another child, but it is you know, honestly, it's it's a bit scary because it wasn't nece- It wasn't that we were concerned we'd have another child with Williams syndrome, but there are so many different you know, complications, health concerns, um, just different things that there, I mean, there's, I mean, I don't know how many different like syndromes and different things exist out there. And so for us, it wasn't, it was a concern. Well, what if we have a child that also has another child that has complex health needs and learning challenges and developmental delays, you know, we had, can we, you know, do this for two individuals like is this something that we're you know that we can do and um so it was just as I'm sure you know Jen you feel this you feel this way too but it we just kind of honestly prayed and just hoped then um that you know we'd have a child that you know was healthy and that um you know, we just kind of trusted that this, you know, was in the plan and that, you know, just having faith that everything was going to work out the way that it was supposed to. But did you always have, like, after Leila's diagnosis, were you like, yes, we're having a child, but you just were wrestling through that? Or was it like really a tough decision that you wrestled with? we knew that we were going to have another. So, I mean, it was, we have concerns that we talked through, but I think we were always pretty, you know, firm on knowing that we wanted to to have another child. Yeah. How about you, Jen? So, well, wheels are off the bus over here. Um, as I mentioned, so Stella wasn't diagnosed until she was five. So by the time she was diagnosed with Williams syndrome, I already had another kiddo, but 
what's interesting is, um, so between Stella and her sister, I had an ectopic pregnancy. And so, you know, I lost a, a child essentially through that process. And then after Stella was diagnosed, um, we had Stella and her sister Greer. Then I also had another pregnancy that I miscarried on. And so like, after like, I was like, okay, I'm 50% here successful, right? Like, and one of my kids that I actually have has a disability. So it was definitely a point, like after we had tried a few times and been unsuccessful, I was like, okay, this is God's way of telling me that I'm, I'm good. Um, What's interesting now is that like, which I've always had in my heart, I've always felt like I wanted to have more kids, but I obviously just gave up on the fact of actually having them. So then I thought, well, like I will adopt a kiddo, um, which like I say that. And then my husband's like, no, F no. Right. Like he is so <laughs> against it. And then, so then I was like, well, we'll just have another kid through adoption. And then recently you guys on my heart, I'm like, I would love to adopt a kid with like, um, a, a disability, right? Like William syndrome or down syndrome. And my husband thinks I am like bananas. He thinks that it is like, yeah, he might divorce me if I ever like bring somebody <laughs> home, but I'm like one day somebody's going to show up here and we're going to just bring them in. Cause I love the idea of having like more family. Like, so now my, and I know that's like a really way, weird way to answer your question. My thought now is like, I don't want my daughter Greer to be the only one who is like, has the responsibility of taking care of Stella um, mm -hmm. or, you know, looking after her as she becomes an adult. And so I just have, which again, if I have another child that comes through, you know, with a disability, it's like that probably makes it more complicated, but I don't know. Like I, we did have a, a listener who actually asked this question of they have a child with Williamson syndrome. They're contemplating having another child, you know, what advice would you give them? And I'm like, man, I don't have any advice because clearly it's, you know, so many feelings that I have over here, but it's good to hear you say, which is what I heard you say, like in your gut, you knew that you're going to have another child. You just had to go through the processing of, you know, if we have a child with a disability, what does that look like? What does it possibly look like having two um, kiddos with disabilities? Do you think you'll have more or now that you have a second, are you like, I'm good. And and please yeah. remember, please remember. And this is something I tell all of my friends. You're going to be outnumbered if you have another <laughs> one. So I'm one of four kids. So I like just love my husband's um, dad is one of 11. So, I mean, family, we love family. Like it, it's just, we love like the community and just, um, I don't know. It's just, again, like growing up as one of four, like I always had somebody to hang out with. I always like, and now that we're older, we're all we're in different spots of our life, but we're all super close. And so it's just, I love that. So, I mean, it's definitely something we've thought about. Um, it's not anything that we're, you know, not now, but hopefully, you know, in the, in, in the future, you know, for, if, if we're, lucky um so yeah i think and really yeah, what else is there to do in wisconsin <laughs> besides eat cheese look at cows <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yep. um go to the lake 
what else? I don't um, know. Yeah, well, uh, like I was saying before we started recording, I yeah, I took a trip over to, to Oshkosh and of course made sure to stop at a particular cheese stand. Um and uh and and pick up some smoked gouda and smoked mozzarella and also and then had to get the spot a couple cases of spotted cow spotted cow yep <laughs> we had to pick some up before we even got home that we were we drove and i have a picture like right as we crossed into the wisconsin border we went to a gas station and john's standing outside with a spotted cow and i sent it to the family saying we've arrived officially <laughs> like this is it is official <laughs> It's official, yes. <laughs> um, so, could could you share a little bit about then about then how Elsie uh, with the great smile, how how where that came from in your journey? There it is. Yep, where it came it, it, in your journey uh, with with Layla, how that um, you know how that came about. Yeah. So when shortly after I, a couple months after you know we learned I was pregnant with Landon. I, you know, started thinking about, well, how am I going to teach Landon that about Williams syndrome and how am I for that matter going to teach Layla about Williams syndrome? And I love, I mean, I've always loved, and I think, you know, majority of people do as well, but children's books, you know, and, and just reading and, I wished, I was like, oh man, I wish that I had something like a book on the shelf that I could just read to them. And it was just kind of a part of, you know, one of the books that we read. And as I got a little bit older, I would say, we know Layla's a lot like this character in this book and kind of introduce it to them that way. And I didn't, this, I I did not set out to write a, a book initially. Like I had written this little kind of almost like a poem, um, that kind of talked about, you know, what, I mean, a lot of it is kind of the bones of what became Elsie with the great smile. And I remember I shared it with, you know, my husband and he was like, actually like, this is, um, you know, this is, might be helpful, you know, for a couple other families if you wanted to share it. And so then I shared it with a few of my mom friends that have kiddos with Williams syndrome. And so it kind of, grew from there. And I, the woman that edited the book, she was the former um, editor of Disney publishing worldwide. And so I went to her and I said, Hey, this is what I wrote. And she kind of helped me, you know, a lot of it is like completely different from what it originally started as, but like really worked on, you know, a story and what did I want people to get out of that? And how can we convey that through, you know, these words? And then I found an illustrator that I loved. She is from Poland uh, and she, or excuse me, she's from Russia, currently lives in Poland. And I loved her artwork. Um, And it was important to me that whoever illustrated this, um, and I should say I'm like jumping ahead and kind of a little bit all over, but you know, after that initial point, I was like, well, maybe this would be a good book, but I know nothing about actually making a book and having this like actually be something that I can share with people. So then that's kind of, I, I did a lot of big learning curve, um, but back to the illustrator, it was important that the artist was able to capture kind of the essence of Williams syndrome, but I wanted to make sure that it wasn't caricature-like or it wasn't, you know, um, I just wanted it to be like really representative of, you know, what, what Williams syndrome is. 
And time a little bit about the name. So my daughter's name is Layla, but I did not want this book to be about Layla. Like it's about William syndrome as a whole. And so I didn't want to name, you know, it Layla with a great smile. There is a shout out to her. Her initials are LC for Layla Kagatis. So that's how the name LC um, was chosen. Nice. Ah, see, that's what you, yeah. that's, that's <laughs> some uh, smart thinking there. Um, that's, yeah, it's really great. Um, and, uh, at, and at any, like, have you, now that, uh, now that you know the process, has there been any thought to, um, sort of a follow-up as the, as, as Layla gets older here and, and exploring William syndrome, um, and Elsie's story, uh, as, as she gets older here, like maybe, maybe, maybe exploring some teen fiction. <laughs> so it's not, um, it's not currently on my radar, but I never say never to anything. Um, so who knows? Spare, I don't have a definitive answer, but in all your yeah, spare right, time right. <laughs> with kids and moving and changing uh life directions and stuff Your entire life yeah entire just life. a little yeah just a you couple could just things going quick, on quick, quick squeeze that in i think uh we'd all appreciate it <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah who, who knows i mean if there was um you know if there was definitely like interest and in, and stuff you know down the road like i again never say never right but, yeah well, obviously we have a copy of the book. So for people who are watching on YouTube, um, I showed you the um, book and I agree with you. It's, I love the illustrations. There's so many, um, as a parent, as I look through it, there's just things that like make my heart smile, right? Like the DNA, the little shots, the um, brain, the heart, the X and Y chromosomes. I I think it's it's very beautifully done, and I do have like a lot of things hidden in there that if you have a kid with Williams syndrome, you see them and you're like, oh yes, that that totally resonates with us. Um, you may not, I Joel, you don't know this, but I think Chris and you do. I I got the book and Stella and I read it together, and then after I took a video of her talking about it and. It, representation is so important. Um, mm -hmm. So Stella's 12. And so for the first, when did this come out? She would have been 11. First 11 years of her life, really, there wasn't any representation of her or her disability um, in a book. And so like, like just last year, these there was two books that came out that were geared towards William syndrome, yours being one of them. And like, it was so awesome to see her be like, that's like me, right? Like Elsie doesn't like loud noises and I don't either. And, um, Elsie cries at, you know, certain things. And, and so do I, it's hard for me to tie my shoes. So, um, I really think that how you've put this together has been thoughtful of our community and the things that like overarchingly we, that impact us as, you know, having, um, William syndrome in our lives and especially foremost for the people who have William syndrome. Yeah. It's, Thank you. Yeah. It, it's, it's wonderful. And, and we can, uh, yeah. Stella was like, I play all these instruments. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. That's how Ben was too. It's like, Oh, I have, I have all of those except a saxophone dad. Like, <laughs> step off. Um, <laughs> where's my 
Yeah, he's like, because well, he that's he's been wanting a saxophone for forever for his like collection of instruments, and it's like, dude, saxophones are so expensive. Um, I'm not gonna get you one if you don't know how to play it. And he's like, but Dad, I have to have it for my, I have to have it for my collection. There's um, a piece. Do you know about the P saxophone yeah. or whatever? Do you yeah, know? I, okay. Well, I so I tried to show him that, and he's like, yeah, no, no. That doesn't cut it. Yeah, it's not, <laughs> we got we did we did the the P bone uh, the trombone. We okay. Got that and and it's awesome. And he is so good. He like took to the trombone like a fish to water. And and I'm like, this is you. This is awesome. And um, and then he was like, yeah, but what I really want to do is, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> um. Yep. Yep. So we have. So hey, can it, I, hey Joel, can I mention yeah. for people that are listening? Um, P bone is like a style of instrument, right? Where instead of being made out of metal, it's like plastic, right? Yep. It's yep. like a hard plastic. And it, they're actually cheaper than um, regular instruments. Although we buy a lot of our instruments used. So I just want to make sure everybody knows, like if your kid needs a lot of instruments in their life, which as we were saying, ours do, um, there's a lot of great options out there to procure instruments mm -hmm. on the cheap. Yeah. That's yeah. so good to know. Yeah. Feeling will be yeah, like on this on this uh on this road and not too long. <laughs> <laughs> um and so for uh for you you just released a couple um coloring uh uh like some some sheets that for for that that people can can color on and 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 it can be used as an education tool. Uh you released those um for William Syndrome Awareness Month here. Uh we will um we will of course put that link um when we when we post the show on on the starry eyed effect facebook page and in other places uh so um yeah it's uh this was um just really wonderful to uh to get a chance to talk with you Kristen. Uh, i can't thank you enough for coming on well it's been an absolute pleasure and i want to share i think one of my favorite pieces that has come out of this is you know, so often I feel like, I mean, we've got a phenomenal community, but, you know, in your day-to-day -day life, you don't often see, I mean, like, you're, you're probably not going to just run into someone with Williams syndrome on the street. You know, it is a rare thing. And um, the, as of right now, um, that I know of, the book is in 10 countries. Um, and the only state I haven't shipped to directly is North Dakota. So that one's the only ship I, the only state I haven't shipped to directly. Um, but I've been able to connect with parents that have just reached out all over the world. And it's just cool. Like, cause you know, we're so lucky to have the association that we have here and the resources and the tools. Um, and so it's been neat that I've been able to kind of be a part of creating that resource for other families and other countries that don't necessarily have what we're lucky enough to have with the WSA. Yeah. yeah. I think so too. And I think um, that we as a collective, right. If we all leverage our strengths, like there's so much impact that we can make, not only in Williams syndrome community, but in, in the disability community as a whole. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, this week is Disability Book Week. I'm sure you already know that, Kristen, but, um, you know, having this book in schools just helps familiarize people with Williams Syndrome. And I wish 
that we had had it sooner so that I could have put it in Stella's elementary school, but you know, it's, it's there now. And that's, what's important um, that people know our kids and that we create that community that we're, we're yearning for that you are moving across the country for. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Well, I'm so grateful to you all for inviting me on here and just getting the chance to talk and connect. I'm really grateful. You've been listening to The Starry-Eyed Effect, presented by the Williams Syndrome Association. The show is hosted by Jennifer Keaton and Stephanie Karen, and produced by me, Joel Lispin. Theme song by Tommy Barbarella and Mariella Elm. Got a question for Steph and Jen? Email us at podcast at williams-syndrome.org. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, and maybe it will get featured on a future episode. Make sure to like and subscribe to The Starry-Eyed Effect wherever you get your podcast delights.